What's going on, family? Happy Thursday. Welcome to another edition of The Faction. It's your man, Gerard Bonner, hanging with you, and I hope you guys are doing well. I hope that you are having a great day and that all is well in the world for you. So some pretty intriguing things going on in the world of pro wrestling. There's been a lot that's happened over the last few days, and we're going to hit as much of it as we possibly can. As always, thank you so much for your continued support of all things connected to The Faction. On the socials at The Faction Show, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and of course via podcast wherever you check us out, Spotify, Apple, Google, Thank you so very much. It means the absolute world. So with that said, I want to jump right in because there's so much that we need to get to. I want to start back on Monday Night Raw because as I've been saying for a while now, I don't think that Monday Night Raw is getting the credit it deserves for some of the absolutely incredible matches and moments that it's giving us. I think if we're completely honest, it's just really positive popular to have something bad to say about WWE and WWE programming. You know, I think because they're the big guy on campus with the most money and the most visibility, it's very easy to just poke holes in what they're doing. But I got to say, WWE is really giving us some great, great content. And that tag team title match, the triple threat tag title match between Alpha Academy, RK Bro, and Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins was stellar. It was absolutely stellar. It was everything you could ever want in a triple threat tag match, including RK Bro winning the tag titles. Now, I will tell you, I actually thought that Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins would win the tag title because right now they're the team with the hot hand. They're the team we didn't know we needed. They work incredibly well together, amazing chemistry. And so I definitely thought they would go into Mania as the tag champions. And really, they did. Did so much of the work, but RK Bro pulled it off in the last few seconds. An amazing match, an amazing story. Now, of those three teams, I definitely feel like RK Bro deserves to go into WrestleMania as the Raw Tag Champions, hopefully against either the Street Profits or Alpha Academy. We'll obviously find out in the next couple of weeks, but that match alone is a reason for us to watch Monday Night Raw. It was an incredible match. We talk about matches not getting enough airtime on WWE. The match went a good 30 minutes or so. It was really something special. So go back, check out that match. It pretty much filled up the first hour of Raw's programming. And then you have other great stories going on in there, what's going on with Edge and AJ Styles, and then coming back and bookending it with Kevin Owens making a challenge to Stone Cold Steve Austin. And then we find out on the socials on Tuesday that Stone Cold has a accepted the challenge to show up at WrestleMania for the KO show. Now, we put a poll out on the socials to ask what you thought. Do you think Stone Cold is showing up for an interview segment? Do you think this turns into a fight? Or do we think it turns into a match? And the overwhelming majority of you think that it will turn into a match. And the thought is that perhaps it's spread over a two-day period. So we know that this encounter is going to happen on WrestleMania Saturday. And I'm with you guys. I think they've got to max out Stone Cold's appearance at WrestleMania. And so if you want to get 100,000 people in that place for two nights, 
you get stone cold over two nights. So maybe something happens Saturday night in the interview segment that creates a match for Sunday makes perfect sense to me. After all, WrestleMania Saturday seems to be booked pretty heavy. Both women's title matches are happening there along with a number of other matches and moments that are happening there. So it seems like Sunday is in need of some other big, big spaces. In fact, I believe the Pat McAfee match is also happening on Saturday as well. So, no, the Pat McAfee match is happening on Sunday. So, this is all super interesting to watch how this will all come together. But with that said, WrestleMania is shaping up to be something special. And I, I'm definitely here for it. And I'm not willing to, you know, speak ill of WWE and how they're putting this together. I think it is coming together. And they have to pull out the big moments to do what they've never done before. Let's just say this really quick, because I was having a discussion in our chat with the great Brandon Clack, who, of course, is all things Attitude Era. And he's just of the mindset that the Attitude Era could have filled up a 100,000 seat stadium two nights in a row but the reality of it is Vince didn't believe that because he never booked a 100,000 seat stadium during the Attitude Era the largest Wrestlemania's that happened during the Attitude Era was Wrestlemania 17 an iconic Wrestlemania that saw Stone Cold and The Rock and many argue that 2001 was really the end of the Attitude Era as that particular Wrestlemania marked the end of the Monday Night War remember Vince had purchased WCW literally the Monday before WrestleMania 17. Then you have WrestleMania 18, which happened at the Sky Dome in Toronto. If I didn't mention it, WrestleMania 17 was in Houston at what was then the Astrodome. So you're talking 65,000 people there, or 68,000, 65,000 at the Sky Dome in Toronto. Neither of those are 100,000. And remember, prior to WrestleMania 32, which was at AT&T Stadium, which had 101,000 people. By the way, that was AJ Styles' first WrestleMania, and it was headlined by Roman Reigns versus Triple H. Imagine that. I think you also had Brock Lesnar and Dean Ambrose battling there. Just picture that, right? So all of that was a part of WrestleMania 32, but prior to that, the largest attended WrestleMania was WrestleMania 3. 93,000 people, Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. So really what Vince McMahon is doing is he's literally putting the whole farm on a two-night WrestleMania, the biggest event he's ever done. So with the biggest event he's ever done, he's trying to put out the biggest match being the title unification match. So the reason I'm bringing all this up is because when Brandon and others say, well, if you want to save WrestleMania, you go to the Attitude Era. My question is, well, if the Attitude Era was as great as they say it was, then why did Vince primarily do WrestleManias in arenas that seated 15 and 20,000 people at max and only one big stadium show during the Attitude Era? And let's think about it too. Yeah, yeah, that's right, because that was 17. 18 is the tail end, and I say the tail end of the Attitude Era as we knew it. 
And then you get to 19, which is at Safeco Field, and you're dealing with about 50,000 people there in Seattle. And then by the time we get to 20, we're at Madison Square Garden with 20,000 people. And then you're at 21 in LA with another, at the Staples Center, with another 18,000 people. And then you go to 22 in Chicago, where that was my first mania, by the way, 15,000 people. And it's not till we get to WrestleMania 23, right smack in the middle of the ruthless aggression era, where Vince McMahon has the epiphany that says WrestleMania is too big to be in an arena. WrestleMania must be a stadium show. So Vince's decision to make WrestleMania regularly a stadium show happens not during the Attitude Era, but it happens during the Ruthless Aggression Era. So we have to sit with that. And when you start asking the question about the greatest eras of pro wrestling, well, the largest WrestleMania for nearly 30 years happened during what was considered the golden era. And the attempts to beat it only happened during the modern era. So this kind of throws out this argument about the Attitude Era being the greatest era ever if you couldn't put your biggest event in the largest stadiums during what was supposed to be the largest era. Follow my logic there? So there you have it. With that said, Vince McMahon is looking to do something that's never been done. Fill up the largest stadium, not once, but twice in two days. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how all of this takes shape. With that said, I have to mention what happened Tuesday night in the world of NXT. Another shocker as we have a new NXT champion in the person of Dolph Ziggler who beat Tommaso Ciampa and Braun Breaker to win the NXT championship. Shock isn't even the word for it for me. I certainly thought Braun Breaker would go into WrestleMania weekend as the NXT champion, but you throw this monkey wrench in there with Dolph Ziggler, and this gets really, really interesting. This actually marks the first time in NXT history that a superstar from another brand, be it Raw or SmackDown, comes into NXT and wins the NXT championship. Now, they've competed for the NXT title before. We've seen that. We've seen matches, you know, where folks from Raw or SmackDown will compete against somebody in NXT, but never have we seen the NXT title actually held by a current member of the Raw or SmackDown roster. So this is major stuff that we're seeing here at NXT 2.0. While it is not the yellow and black brand, it is establishing its own identity. And that's some pretty intriguing stuff. And that too was an absolutely amazing match. So everybody's gearing up for Mania and it feels really really good so here's what i'm gonna do we've talked nxt we've talked raw now it's time to talk about the dynamite that happened after that incredible pay-per-view from aew called revolution i'm gonna talk about dynamite when we return southern honor wrestling is now on iwtv relive the biggest moments and memories from shw's historic first year I'm in Dallas Bacon here at Southern Honor Wrestling. Chris what Jericho is here and can't watch out. It's going on. Oh, my God. Get the Omega. Oh, man. Over you. Oh. He just he right down across the windshield, windshield. And he's through the windshield, and, and that's it. Over. 
the bell. He put him through the windshield. And hold your forks because we're just getting started. Don't miss another second of SHW, the fastest growing independent promotion in the Southeast. Check out Southern Honor Wrestling now at independentwrestling.tv. New subscribers use promo code SHW to get five free days. SHW, this is our wrestling. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. So what are you doing? Well, you know, I gotta plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm going to start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were going to start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content. But that I started to see all the things that he was doing. It was starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were gonna be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perception's reality. How did we get on Southern Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm gonna do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me, if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen to the idea? And we're gonna pack 1,000 people. I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. Casey Mack is taking How about that? Oh. The lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor, and now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever gonna happen here. Lord, a few minutes later. It was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year's going to be mine, COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. So many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it would read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there's a win, AEW Dynamite took place last night as the fallout from all things revolution happened. And I've got to tell you, it was an absolutely stacked show. So warning, if you've not watched Dynamite and you want to without any spoilers, then press pause on this podcast, finish watching Dynamite, come back to the podcast because you're going to want to hear our analysis of it. If you've already watched Dynamite or you're not concerned about spoilers, keep listening as we proceed. With that said, AEW Dynamite, first of all, this is one of the most stacked Dynamites I have ever seen. I think Tony Khan and AEW does their best to stuff, honestly, three hours of content into two hours. And on some cases, that's good. But I also walked away realizing there's an inherent problem here in AEW. And let me express what that problem is. And I'm going to get to all the good stuff that happened to Dynamite. But here's the problem. The problem with trying to fit three hours of content into a two-hour window is that you don't allow moments to breathe. 
You know why the CM Punk moment felt so special when he returned to pro wrestling at the last dance or the first dance in Chicago? Here's why. Because they let it breathe. They let the entrance breathe. They let his promo breathe. When the promo finished, they let it breathe. We got to take it in and enjoy the experience. Here was my overarching problem with Dynamite last night. I've been noticing it on Rampage and Dynamite previously, but it really stuck out with last night's Dynamite. AEW has too much content to fit into two hours and they're not letting moments breathe. There were so many moments last night that if you had let them breathe, we would have been able to really fully feel it. Let's start from the beginning. The promo with Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho, which devolved into Jericho literally splitting the inner circle wide open, creating a brand new faction with Jake Hager and then 2.0 and Daniel Garcia massive moment for us to digest but as we're trying to digest what happens they immediately move to another segment and this was the theme that happened all night and so my concern is we need to let moments breathe which is why Tony Khan buying Ring of Honor and Ring of Honor seemingly becoming or at least allegedly becoming the developmental brand of AEW is important because you need to have other places for this content to be able to happen so we can really live with these moments. Let's go back to the debut of Sting. When Sting debuted during the pandemic era and it was empty arena or whatever or there were some sprinkling of people there, the moment breathed. And because it, it lasted, we got to experience it. There were literally about five moments that happened last night that were major. And they were all stuffed into one event, one week. So I also think some of this could have been spread out. Did we need all of the things that happened last night happening all in one show? No. For instance, Jeff Hardy is an AEW. Massive moment executed well until Jeff Hardy comes out the whole thing is done and they're off to an interview no 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 let this breathe and so here's my thought if you don't have enough room to let these moments breathe space the moments out and here's one thing I think about when it comes to releasing content or having moments like this if I give you everything right now I have nothing for you next time so what does AEW have in their bag for next week? I mean, think about this. We got an impromptu world title match. Dante Martin gets a world title match with absolutely no buildup. I've been watching AEW all this time and didn't even know he's the number two contender. We had nothing addressing what happened with Adam Cole and Hangman Page before there was a title match. What in the world? right made no sense no sense at all matter of fact we had three title matches last night for why we had a tag title match last night why right with everything that happened three title matches the debut of jeff hardy the first words of, of william regal what a powerful promo that was and what a powerful moment right these things didn't get to breathe 
They didn't get to breathe. Let them breathe. In the music world, and I love when, you know, D-Nice says this because D-Nice is incredible. He's like, let it breathe. And when he says that, he means I'm not going to just switch and mix in the next song. I'm going to give you a moment to experience this song. Because when you have a moment to experience the song, the memories come back or memories get embedded. Things get to happen. Man, I love the fact that AEW is maximizing and making all two hours of dynamite count. That's what made Raw work back in the day. Make it all count. But if you have too much in there, you dilute what has happened. And I'm not trying to be super critical. I'm just saying all of these things that happened in Dynamite last night, you could have spread some of that out. Yeah, you could have taken some of it to Rampage to help make Rampage matter. Or you could spread this out over two weeks, right? So we didn't have to have Jeff Hardy show up this week. Jeff Hardy could have showed up next week. After all, we just had Swerve show up on Sunday. We didn't get to bask in that. We're still trying to bask in the glory of Keith Lee, who now ends up with a match on Rampage. And then Scorpio Sky wins the TNT title shocking i did not expect that i fully expected scorpio sky to lose the streak and sammy guevara to remain champion so let's again moments that didn't get to breathe we didn't get a celebratory moment with that last night because they ran the show so tight that the show had to go off without them even saying goodbye They ran the show too close. They stuffed too much in those two hours. So Scorpio Sky, and I just need to breathe with this, Scorpio Sky becomes the first African-American male singles champion in AEW history. And let's talk about history because he was also one half of the inaugural tag team champions in AEW. We have a moment on our hands with Scorpio Sky that we didn't get to live with because they looked to, to pour in a gallon's worth of milk in a quart jar. That's what happened with Dynamite last night. And so a lot of people deserved moments that should have breathed that didn't get to. So my complaint with Dynamite for as much as it held It did too much, and we didn't get to live with those moments. Space them out. My God, the debut of CM Punk didn't happen on Dynamite. It happened on Rampage. If you want to put more eyes on Rampage, let some of these massive moments happen there. Let's not forget, AEW doesn't just have one television show. They've got two. And so, again, they cram everything in a Rampage as well. So I don't don't want anybody to think that I'm, I'm... being harsh on AEW, I'm not. I'm saying you have such a good product. You have, and and I will tell you this: my experience in the music industry, I see this happen all the time. I see artists who overcomplicate songs or who want to put the concert version of their songs out as a single. The people can't digest that. Get, I'm giving y'all free game. I know I shouldn't do this. This isn't the space, but I want to I want to really show you this point. The point is when you give everything in the single, you have nothing to give during the concert. If you gave everything in this week's dynamite, what do we have for next week? What do we have for the week following? We've got 
eight weeks, nine weeks, 10 weeks until the next pay-per-view. We don't need everything right now. That's my issue with Dynamite. There were some incredible moments. Oh my God, so many moments that it's hard to talk about. Between Jeff Hardy showing up, Scorpio Sky winning the TNT title, the new faction with Jericho, and then this insane, I mean, the amazing promo of William Regal and him being with John Moxley and Brian Danielson. I feel like Ric Flair with a tear in my eye looking at the greatness that lays in AEW. It's amazing right now. Just three words. Let it breathe. Let it breathe, AEW. And we will maximize and enjoy all of the moments that you're giving us. I want to get your thoughts on Dynamite and everything else we've talked about. What a stacked week we've already had in the world of pro wrestling. And it continues. Impact goes down tonight. SmackDown and Rampage tomorrow night, including the debut of Swerve Strickland with kind of a 205 Live reference and rematch happening tomorrow night on Rampage. All right, guys, got to get out of here. Have an absolutely iconic day. We will see you back here next time. Representing for my good brother. Oh, before I forget, how can I forget? In case you missed it, there is a brand new t-shirt launch for the SHW podcast. And it's my first wrestling t-shirt. Yeah, myself, Brandon Benefield, Diana Michelle. We call ourselves V3. We are animated. Yeah, we're cartoons on this new t-shirt. I got to make sure we post it on the faction page. But I want you guys to check it out and hopefully purchase the shirt. You can find it now at ProWrestlingTees.com slash SHWPod. And all I'm going to say is be on the lookout because there's more to come. All right. Until next time, family, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, the EP, John Murray. My name is Gerard Bonner, and this is The Faction. I need my pain